Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Pam Wilson, and I will be reading John 10, 7 through 14. So Jesus spoke again. I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life, indeed, so that they could live life to the fullest. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. That's because he isn't the shepherd. The sheep aren't really his. So the wolf attacks the sheep and scatters them. He's only a hired hand and the sheep don't matter to him. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate you doing that very much. So this series we're in right now on boundaries, talking about personal boundaries. We've been talking about uh, imagining that as a fence and, and the things that are inside the fence are our responsibility to do. Things outside the fence are not our responsibility to do. That's for someone else. Uh, and so and the, these fences are flexible. You, you've got a gate. If you need to flex these and make some changes along the way, that's just perfectly normal. And, and, and even more so, this, this boundary that we set in our relationships on various things is about keeping the good things in, keeping out the bad things. So far, we've talked about boundaries in family. We've talked about boundaries in work. I said in week one of this series, I said something like this. I believe that an essential practice to be able to experience the abundant life that Jesus promised is to set healthy boundaries. I really believe that's true. I really believe if we have difficulty setting personal boundaries, we're going to have a difficult time experiencing this sense of life to the full that Jesus has promised. Because boundaries promote a life of freedom, responsibility, and love, which are all things that are a part of having a healthy life and healthy relationships. So today we're going to talk about boundaries and media. Now, media, I don't mean news media strictly. Uh, that's often then just we flippantly now say, well, in the media, and we're talking about news media. I'm talking about media, you know, that, that's been around since prehistoric times when, when they would uh, make these cave drawings inside of these caves. And the next people who were there could see the story of the great successful hunt. And they could see the predator that they encountered. And media, communication, ways of communicating and ways of taking in that information. That's what, that's what we're talking about today, not strictly um, news media. So media is our way of communicating and taking in information. And certainly in our contemporary world, we have lots of methods of, uh, of media. I mean, we've got print media, we've got broadcast media of TV and radio, we've got, and we of course have internet media that we have. Uh, so a lot of different ways that we experience media. And, and media by itself, in and of itself, is neither good nor bad. 
It's, it's a tool. And like any tool, it kind of depends on how you use it. So uh, media utilizes a lot of different tools, and probably the number one media tool that we use these days is one of these things, right? I mean, these are awesome. I mean, these are great devices. The smartphone is amazing. I mean, we can check email, we can send texts, we can translate languages, we can play games, we can check weather, check sports, get a restaurant re- reservation, engage in social media, watch movies, look at the news, go to Zoom meetings, track our exercise, order a coffee, read the Bible, take pictures, pull up documents from our computer, get an airline ticket, rent a car, book a hotel room, we can check our retirement investments. Uh, that's not very fun, is it? Oh, and if you need to, you can call somebody on this thing. Right. I mean, it's just amazing what it does and how many different options it provides to us. Well, as great as all those things are, we do have to set boundaries for these things. And, and other tools of media, I mean, computers, gaming, we've got to set boundaries on these kinds of things because uh, it, it, we, we begin to get so tied to it, we can't do anything without it. I mean, you might be addicted to your electronic device if you have ever walked into a wall while texting. <laughs> right? Might be addicted to, um, uh, to, to media if you have skipped meals or sleep because you're gaming. Might be addicted if you just simply can't bring yourself to silence your phone. Well, this is really, this is, I mean, this is, this is actually kind of, big, I'm being somewhat flippant, but at the same time, it's pretty serious. They've done, they've done studies on these things. The, the effect the screen has on us is similar to when we eat candy. See, when we eat candy, uh, uh, when, as they studied the brain, they've understand that when we do something like eat candy, sugar things, that there's a part in our brain that begins to light up. And say, yes, please do more of that. I want more of that candy, so just keep eating it. We've all experienced this, right? It's when you start, you think, I'll just eat a couple of chocolate chips while I'm making these cookies, and next thing you know, you're going to the store to buy a new bag. Because there's something in your brain that says, yes, just keep doing that, or donuts, or whatever it is for you. So they've done studies on people who are looking at screens. Guess what? The same place in your brain lights up. And your brain is saying, yes, yes. Swipe to the next one. Swipe to the next one. Scroll some more. See the next image. Keep going. Keep going. Our brains just tell us to keep crunching through this stuff because it is lighting up. So it's, this is important. And it's, and it's actually kind of serious. So the thing is, is that we have to have... You and I, we're the human in this equation, so we have to set boundaries. We have to have our own rules for how we're going to utilize electronics. I mean, just I'll give you a couple of uh, simple examples um, for me, and I'm I'm no paragon of how you do this because there's times I, I I do not. Every now and then, I'm looking at my phone and I'm thinking to myself, "Why did I pick up my phone to look at it? There's no reason I should have done that." So I'm guilty too. But Saturday mornings, Mary and I've said before, Mary and I go on a long walk Saturday mornings, and man, we just talk. We debrief the week, and we catch up and all that stuff, and, uh, and our we, ringers are off. 
Unless, because remember, our fence, our boundary has a gate. Every now and then, we, we, well, one of our kids is going to call while we're out. Okay, well, we're, we're going to leave the ringer on that time because that's important. When I go to the gym, I don't have my phone with me. I'm not one of the guys sitting on the bench. Some of you know who I'm talking about, who just sit there and keep looking at their phone instead of actually working out and moving on. Not that that bothers me. No. So, and another thing I don't do is, is I rarely utilize my phone. I mean, directions is one thing, but I don't use my phone. I don't certainly don't text or email while I'm driving. Uh, uh, no. When you're driving, you're driving. And, and, I, and I know that sound, may sound old school, but friends, it, it is serious. I mean, think about it. When you're driving, you have your property and your life in your hands. Other people's property and lives are at stake too. That's pretty important when you're traveling at 40 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour. Pay attention to that. We, some of us might have been in wrecks before where somebody was texting. Some, or you know of somebody who... And sadly, I mean, I, an old high school friend of mine, he had a teenage daughter killed because she was texting and driving. So it, I mean, that's serious. I'm, I'm not just trying to be old school here. That's really serious. Because I don't know about you, but 99% of the time, if my phone dings and I glance at it, it's not something I have to do right now. Right? It could probably wait 30 seconds, and I can turn off on a street and park. I can get to that parking lot up the street. I can pull off to the side of the highway if it's that important. And yes, there are those times it's, in, it's that important. I know. Sometimes you're waiting on that, that message. That you're going to have a relative who's going to text you because there's been that really scary doctor's appointment, and they're going to get the result, and they're going to let you know. And so I understand there may be those times that you glance at it and go, I need to pull over and look at this. Because that's important. So, I'll get off that high horse. But it's serious. And highlights the danger that if we pay too much attention to this, we might miss out on the life that's happening right in front of us. That's how serious this boundary needs to be with us. So let's, so let's talk about some of these uh, ways that we have boundaries and rules with electronic media. Uh, one of the things is to understand the difference between what is urgent and what is important. Right? I mean, it's a, in some ways it's a simple distinction. I know, but uh, if you have your, if you have this shooting pain in a tooth in your mouth, well, that's urgent. It's like I got to get this figured out. That's urgent, but it's important to have regular checkups at the dentist. If you don't have the checkup today, well, that's okay. But if it's urgent, you've got to take care of it. Now, that's a simplistic idea, but I mean the same thing with our personal relationships. Sometimes there's something, yeah, I urgently need to know this, I need to act on this, I need to do this. And sometimes we don't. So know the difference of urgent and important. And there's levels of urgent and important, right? A part of what ur- the urgent does is it creates interruptions, Urgent creates interruptions. It's the phone call, it's the text, it's the knock on the door, it's the, and they're usually interruptions. 
You know, there's this thing when you've, you've maybe been on a work project or you've been doing your hobby or whatever it is, and you've been, you just kind of got into it, right? Man, you were in a groove. It, it's, it's what they call flow. You're in the flow of it. And it's just, it's working well, and you're rocking it, and it's, it's great. And then something interrupts you. Well, they've done studies on this too. And so part of the study indicates that when you're interrupted from being in that groove, it takes generally, on average, 20 minutes to get back into it. Now, it depends on what the interruption is, right? If it's, if it's just something that you go, oh, well, that wasn't anything. Well, it may not take that long. If it's something significant, it may take you an hour to get back and be focused because of an interruption. So to avoid interruptions is important in living your life and doing the things that are important. If it's important to you, you know, I, the thing, some phones, I don't know what all you got to do, but I, my phone, it's got an actual analog switch on the side of it where I can turn the ringer off. doesn't even have to be digital. I can just turn it off. And the third thing about setting these rules and these boundaries is just, just give up on FOMO. Just give up on FOMO. You know what FOMO is, right? You're missing out, right? But here's the thing. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. You're going you're gonna to miss that thing, that, that, that concert. You're, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're not going to get to the store in time to take advantage of that sale or go online in time. You're going to miss out. It's just going to happen. And so focus on the things that are important. No, yeah, there's other things that would be fun and be cool, but I'm just, I'm just going gonna, gonna to miss out on them. So electronic media is really great. It really is. I'm not critical of electronic media. It's just as the human in the equation, we have to be the ones to set the boundaries to make sure I'm in charge of it instead of it being in charge of me. Now, here's the thing. There are like 19 million people and organizations trying to get your attention. That might be an exaggeration, but they're trying to get your attention. And so because there are so many trying to get your attention, they all have to sound really urgent, right? This sale will never happen again, right? Doors are closing at 6 o'clock. You've got to be there. You know, oh, I wanted to get that pair of socks. I've been wanting to get those. And they're on sale. Urgent. It's got to, I mean, and so these messages, that just the barrage of urgent messages, we've got to do something. They're trying to elicit that, that response out of us. But then, even beyond that, I mean, there are those that, um, I mean, there are those, those messages that we get through media that, I mean, they just make some really outlandish claims. I mean, like, you know, that, that there's something that their product, or, boy, if you just do what they, what they say to do, it's going to change your life. It's going to revolutionize your life and your relationships and all those kinds of things. And man, if you, if you go to that person or that stuff, it's going to be horrible. The world is going to end. You're never going to breathe another breath because it's going to be so horrible and make these outlandish claims about the other. Oh, it's election week this week, isn't it? I don't know why I just thought of that. For those of us who have voted for a while, I mean, think about it. 
The political ads over the years have just, they ramp up and ramp up and ramp up about how the, my opponent is going to blah, 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 you know, and it's just like the world is going to end. And they're going to come do these things with you and you'll never be able to. Now, I, I confess, I have not kept a running tally. I'd be willing to say at least nine times out of ten, those really horrible things that that person got elected don't happen. They're just trying to hook you. <laughs> They're trying to hook you. Because when you hear that, how horrible that is, and it sets off these things in your, in your mind, and you imagine how horrible that would be, and you're like, oh, well, I wouldn't want that to happen. And as soon as you have that thought, they're like, and I've got the answer. If you just vote for me, you just support this cause, if you just vote for that proposition, all will be well. well. I guess I better vote for that. Yeah. In those cases, whether it's advertising for a product or political ads or whatever, You're a means to an end for them. They want you to do what they want you to do. Spend your money, support their cause, elect their person. John chapter 10 is an intriguing passage. It's rather enigmatic. I mean, it's kind of like a parable that Jesus tells, but in the Gospel of John, you don't really find parables of Jesus. You find those in the other Gospels. And so, but Jesus will use these figures of speech frequently in the Gospel of John. And this is one that is really just kind of interesting. And you kind of have to really read it several times to let it soak in. Jesus is speaking to people who don't really yet understand what he's, do, what he's, what he's saying or understand what he's doing. And so he says, I am the gate for the sheep. The sheep come in and go out through me. Kind of makes you think of that passage where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That Jesus is the portal. Jesus is the gate for people to come in and to go out. But then it's not very long where he says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. They know my voice. Okay, so Jesus is the shepherd. It's kind of this iconic figure, right? A lot of art through the ages have have depicted Jesus as a shepherd. The good shepherd. Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We are the sheep. We are the sheep. Jesus emphasizes his love and his care for the sheep for the sheep's benefit not his own. He does these things so that the sheep may experience life, life to the fullest. And we're the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. He hears the sheep, calls the sheep by name, knows the sheep, and is known by the sheep. And the shepherd lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. So Jesus sees us for who we are. We are his own. Jesus cares, Jesus guides, Jesus protects, and Jesus loves. 
Jesus loves the sheep. So you contrast that to the other characters in John chapter 10. The other characters, there's the thief, there's the wolf, there's the hired hand. What do they want? Well, they want, they, well, the thief only comes, Jesus says, to steal, kill, and destroy. Of course, the wolf comes for obvious reasons. And when the wolf shows up, the hired hand says, hey, I'm just here collecting a paycheck. I'm out of here. Because they don't really care about the well-being of the sheep. The sheep are a means to an end for the thief and the wolf and the hired hand. Well, it might, it might sound cynical uh, to say that we are a means to their end. There are very legitimate and very helpful things that we learn uh, through our, our electronic devices, very, very valid things that we engage in. But ultimately, a lot of the things, a lot of the messaging we get is people want you to do something. They want to elicit a response from you for them. So as people of the shepherd, we have to ask ourselves if the messages we hear are consistent with the voice of the shepherd. Because the scripture says, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. So is what I'm hearing, is that consistent with the voice of the shepherd? I mean, what is the voice of the shepherd? Well, you know, the teaching, an example of Jesus, the good shepherd. Is it consistent with his teaching of to love one another? To include the outcast and the marginalized? To devote yourselves to the instruction of the Bible? To be a good neighbor to anyone you meet? That's the voice we listen to. That's the voice we know. Because we are the sheep. And that is our great shepherd. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.